this one is going to be, it's going to be tough because it is going to polarize a lot of people listening. And I've actually, I've sold this game to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't want to say you sold it to me because, you know, we all kind of kept track of it. And I was definitely just as excited about it as you were. So, I mean, I, I won't blame you, you know, mostly. Well, it's okay. We're, we're both going to need some consoling after this. What is up, folks? This is Alex Lobot with Alex Explains It All. It is console me day, and we, boy, are we going to need it. Uh, we're talking No Man's <laughs> Sky. Joined, as always, by producer Seth. How you doing? Can we start making up names? Because I know the big one is One Man's Lie. <laughs> oh. And I thought of another one, uh, I'd Rather Die. <laughs> oh, yeah. That That's how some people are feeling about this. Yeah. This is... Uh, this was the the game of E3. This is what sold the PlayStation 4. Oh yeah. When the PlayStation 4 was announced. This was such a such hype. I mean that's that is the word to describe the whole mm-hmm. thing. Hype. Yeah. So much. And, and, and that's one of the reasons have, that it may have been its downfall. Uh-huh. So so we're gonna be talking about a, a a much talked about PlayStation 4 game that was recently released and it was one that I have been waiting for and Seth has just said that he's been waiting for. Um and this is going to be tough because I'm going to semi-defend it, but I'm also going to tear it to shreds. So so I don't know how to feel about it. And I feel <laughs> like that's 90% of the player base right now. Pretty much. Um, so the premise of No Man's Sky is there's 16 quintillion planets. and 18. Get it right. 18 quintillion planets. Um, 16, 18, there's only like five. That's, that's, two, quint- that's two quintillion you're leaving out. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of planets, man. man. Two quintillion would be a good name of a band. Two quintillion. Um, yeah. It would be like some very like lanky women with bowl haircuts. Yeah, definitely like a new progressive mm-hmm. type of hipster rock. They both have like MIDI keyboards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but definitely it still goes with the tradition of the of the the, the new rock that's out right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe a little yeah. A little electronica kind of. I mean, Two quintillion. If you're listening, we'd love a, a free copy of whatever album. Yes, you're the first album. We, you know, we'd love. Uh, <laughs> you know, the first copy. You know, of your your EP. Your your hit single. It's probably gonna have like some splashed paint on it with no discernible image on it. It's oh, just, I want it to be real. I just yeah. I just poured glitter in my mouth and spit it at the wall, and that's the cover art of this album. Um, and it's also recorded. Yes. Like that, it, they recorded that, and that was part of the song as well. Glitter. Glitter spit. Glitter um, spit. So single. 18 quintillion planets in No Man's Sky. Uh, and the, the premise of the game and how they sold it was, was that it, you could get in your ship, any planet, any star that you looked at in the sky, you could get in your ship and you can fly to it. And you can technically do that. And, and, yep. I, and I will say, one of the first positives of this game is it really does capture... In some aspects, that old school sci-fi feel. The, those old sci-fi novels you'd find at like the library or maybe in somebody's attic. Just that neon color, pink skies, green planets. It's it's captures that old school vibe. It's I I really appreciate it because I love the color palette of the. It game. definitely has a unique color palette. It has a unique art style, mm-hmm. which you don't see in a lot of games because it's definitely not hyper realistic. But that's okay. It's not. That's not what they were going for. But it definitely captures the feeling of being in a spaceship, going from planet to planet by yourself. If they were able to incorporate that gameplay into other games, 
they could have just they didn't even have to build this this could have been a tech demo and they could have built this into other games because a lot of people believe it to be a tech demo well yeah just (laughs) but just the feeling of being able to look up at a planet and go i want to go there and flying there with no load screens it really is that's some of the enjoyment of the game and and we'll get into the backstory of the development of this game but i'm just going to give my spiel on it and then we'll kind of tear it to shreds this game really in for all intents and purposes, it has it really has no story. They built a story into it because people were complaining that there was no structure. But I feel like a lot of the criticisms that this game is getting is because of the fact that there's quote-unquote nothing to do. Well, I look at it as every game that you ever play, it's your screen is overloaded with information. You have to go there. You have to do this. You have to play this this week. It's a special event. There's an XP bonus. You can only get this weekend. So for a limited time, you can play it. And this amount of time, you have to completely shun your family and lock yourself in a room. Because if you want to progress and keep up with the player base, you've got to do this. Whereas this game is, do whatever you want. You know, it, it, here's here's a basic set of tools. Just go and explore. And I recently... You know, my my really good friend, Chris, uh, I was over at his house um, and brought the PlayStation. He actually doesn't own a PlayStation and wanted to play it for a little bit. And um, he actually bought a PlayStation for this game. For the game. And so I played it in front of his kids. And the way that the kids reacted to it is is how I wish I could get the, the people that have jumped on the hate bandwagon. I wish I could sit them in a room and have them watch this kid play this game. Because that is how it is for me. When I, when I hopped in and I gave them the basic mechanics and he started asking, can you do this? Yes. And we would do it. You know, can you get in the ship? Yes. Got in the ship. Okay, can you fly? Yes. We can go into space. You can go into space. And we went into space. And then it was this progression of, well, can you fly here? Yes. Can you shoot this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Can you build this? What, what else can you do? And it was, oh, you can explore. I mean, I gave them the controller and I walked outside. And he comes running outside and said, I found gold. And I ran in the house quicker than he could run back in. And, <laughs> and, and he had just found mountains of gold. And I was just as excited. Yeah. So, and, and that's the joy that this game presents. But there, there are a lot of people out there that think that this is a Minecraft knockoff. That it, it does not present enough hook and enough replayability that it presents an issue. So, so my, I'm on the fence about it. We'll get into it. What are what are your overall takeaways about No Man's Sky? And but I will before you get into it, I will say this: every single person that I have talked to that has laughed and kind of hated, like oh, that game sucks, has followed it up with the sentence, "But I'd still like to play it." Like I have every person that I've talked to that has given, "Hey man, why you stop? You stop playing No Man's Sky?" Because I, I really want to I really want to play it. So if, if I can come over and play it, I, I really appreciate it. So it, it's no matter no matter what, it's it's hooking people. So, so what are what are your takeaways? Mine are actually quite simple and maybe surprising to you because, you know, with so many other games, you know, that we have we feel passionate about, there's going to be an extreme amount of of excitement or hatred, you know, or, or going this way or that way. But it's quite simple. I, I I don't hate this game. I don't have the same vitriol that so many people out there on the internet and everybody's talking about it. You know, I, I don't love it. I don't hate it. And I don't, um, if somebody isn't into it, okay. Uh, if you're really digging the game, that's great too. 
simply put, I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. I found the game to be boring. I found the game to be. It's the first thing I told you. I was like, this game is lonely. It, it like it reminded me. Yeah, you of, did say that because it it reminded me of Portal Two. Because while Portal Two is an amazing game, you know, uh, with the puzzles and everything, of course. Now that I think about it, you even you still had an an entity with you that communicated with you and kept you company. But this game, I said, this is the one that you play when none of your other friends are online and you can't play uh, your other uh, PvP stuff or you know your multiplayer games that uh, just nobody else is online. So you'll play the single player game. But my God, I just I. It was, I don't want to go as far as to say depressing, but I just found it lonely. You're just, you know, you're going from, you're, you're going around and occasionally you're meeting, you know, an alien or two, but you're collecting resources. You're trying to manage your damn inventory. And, you know, I mean, I've never, I've played it so little, Alex, I've never even got out of my star system. Wow. I think I've only just, I went around to a couple of the planets because it just, and like I said, I, no uh, insult to anybody who who is enjoying because I know you were enjoying it a lot, and that's great. It just turns out, and I wanted to, I wanted to like this game so much, but it, it, I feel like it just turned out not to be my type of game. What's interesting is, and the reason I still enjoy it is because I, the enjoyment I'm getting is is playing around other people. Okay. It is what you're bringing up as far as the loneliness, as far as in-game. You know, if it was a multiplayer game, it'd be really fun. And according to Sean, it it's a multiplayer game. And that's a whole thing. And, and I yeah. forgot to mention that. Like, I don't like I don't have the hate. Now, if a lot of the, and we'll go into a lot of that, but if a lot of the stuff that they're accusing the the developer and the, you know, uh, Sean Murray, the, the head man of the developer... Of all that stuff is true, then I can see why yeah. there's a lot of hate, you know, on this game. But until that's verified, like I said, I don't have any hate towards the game. It's yeah. just, it's not my type of game. So, let's talk about what type of game this is and how it came into development. So, this was published by Hello Games. Um, it was released in August of this year. Uh, it was the guy that heads up the PR, really, and the, and the, the mastermind <laughs> behind it is is Sean Murray. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's basically, there's four things that the game is based upon. Exploration, survival, combat, and trading. And the big push and sell of this game is that it is procedurally generated. So the 18 quintillion planets are procedurally generated. What that means is is that the game has a set, set set of rules and is making everything up as it goes along. So... The, the sell of this game, and there's a really good Stephen Colbert interview where Stephen Colbert looks at him and basically goes, so, so you're God, essentially. Because <laughs> the developers, it was a team of 12 guys, mm -hmm. and their, their studio even got flooded out at one point. But they set forth this set of rules in the game and said, okay, so if, you, if, this, if a sun is here then, and the planet is this size and it rotates here then, you know, if it, if the planet is made up of this element, then this is the type of life that can grow on it. So you won't see this. You will not see the same two planets. Um, it will be made. It will be comprised of different things. The atmosphere will be different. The, the geological uh, makeup of the, 
the planet will be different. Um, the the flora, the fauna, uh, the animals, the creatures, all will be unique to that planet. And what sells people is is that you're an explorer. So really, the game does not hold your hand at all. I mean, there's no tutorial, no nothing. nothing. I sat on the first screen for 15 minutes because I didn't know you had to hold square. <laughs> um, but you, you're thrown in, your, your ship has crashed, and there is this sense of scale when you realize, okay, I, I can go out and explore, and you start scanning everything. You can name all of the undiscovered stuff in this game, and you basically claim it. So... The way that the game was pitched was 500 years from now, if the servers are still up, somebody can go and fly around this universe that was created and see all of the things that you discovered and, and your planet that yeah. you named. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about whether or not that lives up to those promises. But <laughs> Right, right. So um, the issues that have come up, the first issue is this. We're going to get into these issues, but Sean Murray was very vocal about this game. And the reason people bought into it was because of his passion. Absolutely. He was a very gentle, very humble guy. And when you listen to him, you said, okay, this is my kind of guy. Yeah. He, he's selling you on math. He's selling you on science. This is a nerd's game. This is a nerd's nerd's game. Yep. And so far after the launch, there has been radio silence. I don't know if that's because of the, I don't know if the publisher behind it. They claimed, are the publisher. Well, Hello yeah. Games are the developer and the publisher. Yeah. Well, it's, so, uh, well, I know that there's Sony. I think has helped distributing it, but I well, I mean, obviously because it's yeah. only a Sony and a PC release. So I don't know if there is a higher up that has told him you fix this and you clamp up, um, or, or what. But a, a lot of people, the concerns that they have is you sold this game and everybody has these issues and you're not saying anything. So uh, the issues are the original gameplay. That was shown at E3 to now. So the gameplay shown at E3 still to this day stands as one of the most exciting pieces of playthrough and game footage that I've seen. I, because I, I remember seeing it. It was it was like you that and I talked open, about it. It was like that opening scene from Jurassic Park. Like you're just like, you know, you're looking around and you know, they said there's herds of animals that are just, I'm just thinking, here I'm, and there. I have and, goosebumps. I remember that feeling when they go from the planet surface and they lift off and they leave the planet. It was you and I both talked about it. That's the game that we always wanted to play right, as a kid. Exactly. It was like that's so cool, you know, because otherwise it was like you said, loading screens. If you wanted to go to another, even in the most advanced games today, you know, something like Destiny, you know, you're going from Earth to Mars and Mars to Venus or whatever. But it's you're not flying there. No, exactly. This game allowed you to do that, like to actually fly to that next planet like it's all like everything was built in this in like in, in environment like it's that big and there are other you know there are games like elite dangerous and a couple of other games that are that are kind of similar as far as the technology is concerned they really sold you on this one because it, it was man I, grand theft auto all the grand theft autos all of the other games where you can hop in a plane i know the first thing i do i point it straight <laughs> up and then just and just look at the map. Hammer on the well, I hammer right. on the accelerator because I want to see how far up I can go. Yeah, because there is that sense of scale when you in Grand Theft Auto Five when you fly up as high as you can and look down and all of that is there. Yeah, that whole map is there, and that in GTA, Witcher, um, all these games that were known for just having these uh, Skyrim known yeah. for having these huge maps. Think about that on the scale of universe, like planets, and, solar systems, universes. 
that's the map. Like, you know, that's how yeah. big it is. And so that's what was so exciting was to think that I could fly down to street level and there's this person. I could leave this universe and come back and these people would still be here. And so that's what that's how the game was kind of sold initially. Right. Um, the first big hurdle in the game was Sean Murray said, somebody asked him, is there multiplayer in this game? And he kind of said, eh. He even told Stephen Colbert in that interview that the only way that you'll know how you look is if somebody else is looking at you. Right, because you're in first person. There yeah, is so no third person. You never can't see yourself. So Colbert asked him, can you, can you meet up with other players? And basically Sean Murray said, there are 16 quintillion planets. 18. The probable 18. <laughs> I want to correct you every time because it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Um, there are 18 quintillion, quintillion planets. Oh. <laughs> this universe is of legal age. And, uh, <laughs> and Stephen Colbert asked him, you know, is there a multiplayer aspect? And Sean Murray said, the, the probability of two people meeting up and the vastness of a universe is going to be very unlikely. Day one. Day one. <laughs> somebody goes, hey, they saw on a live stream a guy playing. I'm in that star system. The guy was like, oh, no way. And they, so, they, they start talking. He goes, hey, I, I could see that planet. No, no way. I'm going to name it. So he names it. Hey, I see your planet. Mm-hmm. They fly down. They land and they go to the same spot. They're literally standing on the same spot and they cannot see each other. Nothing. Yeah, they they tried everything. They tried, you know, shooting stuff, releasing um, grenades or bombs or whatever. Just trying to, you know, see if something Um, happens on the other person's screen. And what was interesting is one of the planets was in day. One of the planets was nighttime. So that right there... It, it, it posed a problem problem for some people because of the way that it was sold, how fun would it have been to watch somebody's journey to meet? I would have watched uh, a 30-part series of two guys trying to find each other in the vastness <laughs> of a universe. Yeah. You know, flying and setting breadcrumbs and going, okay, well, where are you? I'm here. I'm here. Well, I don't have a warp drive. Okay, well, you know, I would have loved to watch that as it stands – that's not possible. So, and we'll talk about as it stands. Of course, it, it, you wonder where that the the trading comes into play, if that's not possible. Why does it say? Why are one of the pillars of gameplay trading? If you, that's not possible. Well, you trade with those alien life forms, but yeah, but that's. I mean, that's in. I mean, that's like when you when I hear trading, this is buying stuff. Well, and and. It really, it, I feel like Sean Murray had a vision for a game, but they set an arbitrary release date. I felt like if they if they did not want to lose the hype, they were going to have to release it because I, I mean fe- they, they pushed it back once already. Yeah, I feel like I mean Final Fantasy fifteen gave their reasons as to why they were pushing back, and people were going, okay, that's good. I felt like if they kept pushing No Man's Sky back with all of their promises, people were going to say, like, you're never going to release this or we're going to cancel our pre-orders. I don't know the reason, but, you know, Sean Murray said DLC was going to be free and then just recently said, yeah, I, you know, don't don't quote me on that. 
I can't. I don't know if I can fully agree with the whole losing hype thing, because look at games like The Last Guardian, and and No Man's Sky itself. How long it was being touted. I mean, it started development years ago. But uh, I mean, specifically The Last Guardian, people are still surprised. Are still like, is is it finally coming out? It's yeah. finally coming out. So I don't think it a lost hype. Yeah. You know, it would have people, especially this day with the way the gaming industry is. If we hear that it's being pushed back, it's annoying. But at the same time, we're like, at least you're finish. At least it's probably because you're trying to finish the game. And I think ninety percent of gamers out there will go, will grin and bear it and go, fine, that's fine. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you need a little extra time, please <laughs> do because I'd much rather that yeah. than a rushed, incomplete game. Well, Hello Games and maybe even WB Games should should pay attention to the fact that the the PC launch was completely botched, and so you've got all of these issues piling up and there's not a single person stepping up and saying, here's what's going on. I mean, Sean Murray was doing, uh, ask me anything on Reddit. He wrote a very personal, uh, intro in the booklet that came with the game. Just basically, you know, I'm sick to my stomach. The game's out. I really hope you enjoy it. So the question is, and this is, this is, a hard sell for people, but do you think the game will get better with time? And and, and that and the the only way to answer that question is to to hear from Sean and to hear from the developer, like you said, because they're giving us nothing to go on. The game is being treated right now as an early access game. That it's like a test. It's like a beta. Yeah. Does it have the potential? Absolutely. If they continue to update it and they continue to um, release the features that were promised, like multiplayer and, and maybe even a, a, uh, a story mode, whatever, if they release these features and continue to add content to the game and just add everything that is m- making people dislike it, then yes. Well, and that's what. But you, if we, but if we if they don't, if they keep ignoring everybody and they don't say, look, we get it, we know we're working on the issues, don't worry. Then people will be like, okay, thank you. We need some communication. But I can't. T- I mean, it, until we know that, there's they, no way of knowing. They've gone from hello games to hello games. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> but. That's another issue is the simple fact that the day one patch completely changed the game. Look at look at the patch notes for the day one patch. Look at how much work they were able to do for the day one patch because the game was leaked. So right. A guy paid $1,300 to get his hands on the game early. And, and this was two weeks before the official launch of the game. Yep. There was an embargo on reviews, and there were certain game journalism companies that broke that embargo and live-streamed it, and the Hello Games watched everything. They they watched everything, and all the complaints that the people had, they came out and said, you know what? We'll fix it. You guys are doing this. You guys are saying this. You said there's no story mode. We'll, we'll add a story mode. 
and they did. They patched the game, and they completely changed it. How can you patch a game in two weeks and completely change the way that it plays, but you're now on 1.07 as far as patch notes are concerned, and we've not heard a peep from you? Now, No Man's Sky 2.0 could be a completely different game, but you you have to you have to keep people informed and interested if you don't want your player base to drop 90%. Yeah, 90%. Like, they've been watching slowly this, this, it's like, oh, you know what, it hits 60, it's 70. That's common of these games. Once it hit 90, everybody was like, holy. It's like 90, wait a minute, 90%? Okay, now it's, now this is something to talk about. Yeah, and so there have been discussions on Steam about the player base dropping and those discussions have been locked some are speculating by hello games that there have been forums that oh my god look how many people have stopped playing no man's sky and all of a sudden those discussions are no longer accessible and people are going why almost as many as stopped playing pokemon go yeah <laughs> yeah remember that game <laughs> oh i don't yeah um, but people are still dying playing it. <laughs> it. A guy in Bangladesh, I think, just hit somebody driving a truck and playing it. So, well, yeah. I so, mean, it's still killing people. It's just... Uh, the the 100 million people stopped playing it. The reason that they stopped playing it is because they were all killed right. by someone else playing Pokemon. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that kind of explains it then. I just... It, it's, it's funny. It's It's amazing how like it just dropped off like yeah like that it just it seems like nobody even gives a damn anymore about it and, and it's it, you have to have sustainability with it you have to have a long-term goal you you have to realize the long game that oh man okay once it starts becoming a grind once you start having to grind things out people mm-hmm. go no i don't have enough time during the day to sneak in Remember Candy Crush? I think people still play Candy Crush. Oh, yeah. You know, there are simple games that you can pull your phone out and you can play, and it, they're addicting for people, and it's because it's simple. If you got to go to the bathroom, if you're going to go sit on the john for 10, 15 minutes, you, you pull out your phone and you play Clash of Clans. That's what was bad about Animal Crossing, man. Yeah. Because it was that very simple thing, that game that, you could do you know it's it's it was nothing well it it was the ultimate in time limits because the game was in real time yeah and it was the same thing it's like i guess in real life you're like i gotta go to the grocery store pick up some milk before it closes same damn thing in animal crossing i gotta go to nooks because he closes at 10 o'clock and i owe some money and he got some paper and so, and I'm, I need some, I got bells I got to spin. I need to buy a shovel because I broke my other one. Those axes only last so long, man. You chop down enough trees, axe breaks. You I got to give that pelican some berries if I can get her to talk to me again. And man, I got to, I got to stay home on Sunday, baby. KK Slider's going to KK Slider in. is coming. No, that's, yeah, Saturday night, baby. He's coming yeah. in. And then Sunday, old Joan coming in for the stock market. <laughs> got to buy you some, uh, what's she, what's she sell? Some kind of turnips. The turnip market, baby. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's the 
turnip market, baby. It's, it's, it was the stock market, but you buy and sell turnips. Oh, I thought you said the stock market. Yes. Like, I'm going to stalk you. No, no, stock, like a stock of like vegetables. A stock of turnips? Yes, because as we all know, turnips grow on stalks. Oh, my God. Well, Animal Crossing was addictive because it played in real time, but... You want to know who thought about the long game when it came to keeping people interested? A little game called Minecraft. Yeah. I played that game when it was in beta. No, I'm sorry, alpha. I convinced a friend that we should go in on it together. We got a login, and Minecraft, another procedurally generated game, has become a cultural phenomenon yeah and the reason is is because they notch created this procedurally generated game where okay you do you can build things surprised they haven't made a movie of it yet oh they probably will yeah um but what did they do they added a story mode they added a story mode and it is kids love it oh my nephew beat that like day one he was done he told me next day after he got it for christmas yeah, I, I already beat that. Oh, humble brag, huh? You would give you, you would give your nephew a shout out? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, I, I, I'll, if he's, you know, I, I made sure I didn't know if if he still listens to the podcast because I did. I, I, I warned uh, uh, my parents that he um, that sometimes our, our subject material, you yeah. know, we we do list it as parental advisory just in case. Yeah, just you know, because we might have a little profanity. We our subject matter sometimes does get. A bit blue at times. Watch your profanity. Watch your profanity. <laughs> so, I did, you know, I didn't want, you know, just to have him be able to, to listen to any episode not knowing what we might have yeah, said the, or anything. Yeah, the subject matter. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Andrew. Sure. He yeah. is a Minecraft freak. Yeah, he's, I mean, he is he's good addicted people. to it. It's, it's just, it's insane. I never could get, I just... Again, one of those games not my type. They're, he loves it. it, it the, I know hardcore gamers that that is the game that they play. Yeah, it is it. the only game they have. Consoles, they have Xbox Ones, they have PS4s. That is the game that they load up and play. Yep. And there are servers, there are communities, there are clans. And the thing about Minecraft that I think that sets it apart and what makes it good is is that you have. Uh, you have a story mode, but you have these minerals, and you build, you craft things, and that's what No Man's Sky is lacking. Is that there are minerals, there are resources, there's crafting, but you can't do anything with it. Right. Fallout Four has a better resource gathering and building mechanic than No Man's Sky does. You are, you raise a good point because all the materials you mine are just to keep going. It's not even about, oh, I want to, you know, build a settlement or build a house. It's just so your gun can continue to work and your ship can continue to work. And, and the fact that you and have to it. keep your your health and your life support. Yeah, exactly. That you're only you're 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 scavenging to just stay alive. The the fact that you which could, is not about what it's not what exploration is about. The, the simple fact that you could die playing the game. Damn drones. Well, Ugh. yeah, the drones. But the simple fact. Seth, if I'm if I'm flying around doing what the game wants me to do, and all of a sudden I just drop dead, and it's, oh, you didn't fill up your tanks, ooh, and then you gotta go. It's like, yes, you can go and retrieve your stuff, but I, I don't even know what it would be like in space. I mean, I've died 
on the planet and you got to run. And that's another thing. <laughs> Your character is slow. without a doubt the slowest slow. person. Oh my gosh. And there's, I mean, you have like a little, little jet pack, but that mm-hmm. thing don't do anything. No. And you, and you can upgrade your sprint, you can upgrade your jackpot, but that comes with the grind. Yeah, by that time, you already have a ship. It's a very grindy game. And look, I, I still play it. When, when we were affected by the flooding, I, my internet got knocked out. The only game, I mean, I play a lot of multiplayer games. Yeah, how about that? One of the biggest, you know, most anticipated games. Oh, I don't need the internet to play this one. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that that was a selling point that you could play it single player. I played it and I had it and I enjoyed it. Um, but part of it was was I think I found a loophole and kind of broke the game a little bit because I did the math and if you get very simple resources and you churn out this certain item and you burn through those and sell them. I mean, I'm sitting on a couple million units. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was able to buy a ship. I was able to I was buying extra upgrade slots for my inventory. And to some people, that's not fun. Just grinding and doing that for a couple of hours is not fun. Right. Just so you have enough you know, it, it it's it's like that when you finally, you know, you get everything, all the the right equipment. I think I think um it was a joke on South Park. Where they they were playing World of Warcraft, and they did all this stuff, and they said, "What do we do now?" It's like, well, now we play the game. You, I will tell you why we are friends. I was about to make that <laughs> same reference, but it's it's. I true. was waiting for you to stop like, talking, I like, so I go. I want to open the it's game. Like, oh, I need I need more inventory slots, you know. And once you've done that, it's like, okay, now I can finally. Play. Once you've gotten, once you've maxed out all of the inventory space, then you say, oh, okay, now I can go play the now game. Now I can actually go play. And, and this is all to say, I, I'm, I'm not telling you to not buy the game. I'm telling you to go in, and you have to realize the type of game that it is. And I think that's why the player base has flipped on it and. And is now being so vitriolic towards it. Yeah. It's because they're going, this is not the game I asked for. Well, you know what? You hyped it up to a game that it wasn't in the first place. A big problem with this game was hype. No one slowed that hype train down. And so it went from being a hype train to the hype train in Back to the Future 3 with those logs that were making it, like, <laughs> blowing the smokestacks off of it. And I'm yeah. talking, and I'm talking hot. I'm talking hotter than the flames and damnation and hell. You look like you got them shoes off a of dead Chinese. That is a direct quote from Back of the Future. Just Back to the verify, yeah, I just <laughs> want to clear that up with people. Everybody I'm, watching, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, wonderful movie. Oh, uh, favorite best, series, absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that's why we love No Man's Sky. It's because we're into sci-fi. We're we're into the the fact that. Oh man, I could upgrade and get a better ship, and I can meet aliens. If you if you look at it through a child's eyes with this giant sandbox, sandbox, this playpen, it's a wonderful game. I could go and meet aliens. I'm really not being attacked by anything other than animals, and and it's also it's a weird it's a weird take on environmentalism and, and being very cautious of how you treat a planet because if you start mining and if you start trying to take advantage of your environment around mm-hmm. you the game tells you to, the game basically attacks you and yeah. says knock it off yeah and the minute you see those things because it, it is all about how aggressive you are because dude those damn drones i realized 
early enough that it all depends on on your behavior mm-hmm. because they'll come up and you're just like, yeah, you're just staring please, at them. Please don't attack me. Yeah, please don't attack me. And they'll go by and you're like, oh, thank. Because that will drain your resources. If if somebody can tweet this podcast to Sean Murray, I'm going to give him an idea, and I guarantee you, it would probably change the game for a lot of people. Take one of those drones and make it a companion. Maybe voiced by Peter Dinklage. Maybe. Um, He's probably but, his work. but just take one of those drones and have it follow you. And when you scan something, have it pop up with a little bit of information. And you can set it to do it on or off. Almost like uh, Navi from The Legend of Zelda. Not as annoying, but <laughs> if, you had a, if you had a character following you that commented on what you were doing and acknowledged the fact that you were... My God, you found this. Oh man, this looks like a cave that no one's been in. We should go and explore it. Just those little things. It wouldn't be, as you said, it wouldn't be as lonely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because that's what the difference between that and Portal 2 is you had, I cannot remember. Wesley. Yeah, you had that character. Yeah. You know, Voiced by the the fantastic and hilarious Stephen Merchant. Yes. And uh, you have a bit of a, a destiny ghost. Yeah. Uh, to be To be quite honest. But yeah, I think that that alone, at least, would maybe help somebody like me. The, at least the 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 issues that I have with the game, um, would probably go back to it and say, all right, I'll I'll, I'll give it. And up. and it would help because the game is rated E for everyone. Well, if I'm a ten year old kid and I'm looking at this game and I put I pop the game disc in, I'm I'm going to ask someone for help because I'm not going to get through that first screen. The game is un, it's unrelenting in the fact that it does not hold your hand. It does not tell uh, you what you need at to do. All. No, I mean, I don't even know how I figured out to begin with. I'm a grown man, and I could not get past that first screen. I'm a grown man, and I'm 40, so get your facts straight. I'm a grown man, and I was on a planet not understanding what I needed to do. I'm a grown man, and I was looking at the instructions on the screen and still couldn't eat through it. And... I can't imagine what it's like for a kid to try to go through and say, okay, well, I need to fix the ship. And it, it just, if they had a, a sentry bot that kind of would pop in, imagine if it flew, if you were on a planet and they would fly in and go, do you need help? And you could ask it a question. What am I supposed to do? What do I need? Do I need anything? I'm low on health. What do I need? Oh, you look like you need plutonium. I'll highlight that on your on your unit so you can find some. And it would pop up on your map and you can go and get it. Just little tweaks to the game to make it a little bit less, you know, unrelenting. And it might make it a little bit more enjoyable for somebody to go, okay, well, I'm missing out on this. You know, you're, you're meeting aliens and... The little quips that come up to the right of the screen are hilarious, and they give you some information, but you don't know really anything about the race. You really don't know anything about who these creatures are and their backstories, and I know it's procedurally generated, but if they're procedurally generated, you can have, the minute that comes up, you can have one of those sentry bots go, wow, you found the last race that lives on this quadrant of the universe. Uh, Be careful when trading with them. They're very particular about the resources that you give them. And then when you go to trade with them, you'll notice... You know, just some hand holding in the game, I think, would be it's really, not even really hand holding. Nice. It, it's it's a very small, and I will say the phrase "poor game design." When you when a, when the when the the end user has to work so hard just to figure out how to play the game, uh, I'll never forget when I was at when I was in school, um, 
at AIE learning visual effects, it was obviously half the other students, well, pretty much all the other students I was with were learning game design. And my teacher, and I'll give him a shout out, Adam, was talking about what makes good level design. And a perfect example is the very first level of Super Mario Brothers. Yep. You start out, you're, you're on the platform. First thing that's coming at you, a Goomba. You don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So you run at it, you hit it, it kills you. Okay, I know that it kills me. Well, I can jump. I have a little but- jump button, so what am I going to do? I'm going to jump on top of him. Okay, jumping on top of him kills him. Good to know. Then you have a series of, of blocks. Some are bricks. Some have um, question marks on them. I hit the bricks, nothing happens. I hit a, another brick, coin comes out. Okay. I hit this other brick, mushroom comes out. Or this, this, okay. Well, what's going to happen? That Goomba killed me, but is this going to kill me? Well, let's find out. So either what, either way, mm-hmm. you either run into it or jump on top of it. You'll find out. Oh, it's a power up. Makes me bigger. Mm-hmm. And it continues on like that with pipes. And the other, another good example is the first level of Donkey Kong Country on SNS on Super uh, Nintendo. That is well thought out level design. That it's the fir- it, they don't tell you. They're not giving you dialogue pop ups and stuff like you were talking about. But they're teaching you how to play the game. Because they know how you will you will test it. That is brilliant level Absolutely. design right there. And the, to its benefit, if you think about it, the NES had how many buttons on the controller? Two. The, the Super Nintendo had how many buttons? Six. So if you look at the controllers now, they have touch pads. They have uh, the analog sticks click in. There's a lot more fine-tuning in the controllers. Right. So you, there are some times when you just can't simply do that with a game. You True. can't say, do this with the controller and it will do this. I do agree that the game, and that that's the problem with No Man's Sky, is because everyone starts out on a different planet, you can't set out a set path and say, okay, here's what you need to do. But there are some things that you could do as far as, you want to talk about great level design? Let's talk about the first level of Halo and the fact that when you wake up as Master Chief, what do they do in within the context of the game? All right, all right, Chief, we got you up. We need to check your suit. We need you to look up. And then all of a sudden it tells you, look up. And so you mess with the controller. You start rolling your head around. Okay, you look up. Then you look down and then it asks you, are you good with this or do you, do you need to switch things up and ask you if you want to invert the controls? Right. So you're not even digging into the fine-tuning of the menu system to do that. It's telling you in the game, hey, this is an option. Do you want to do it? And it allows you to test it out. They could just as easily do that in No Man's Sky within your ship, within your suit. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to run through some diagnostics. That sentry bot could do it. But just as simply, you, alrighty, you're, you've crash-landed on your first planet. Your ship is broken. Let's make sure your ship, your suit isn't broken. We're going to run through some stuff. Mm-hmm. So they have an opportunity here because all of these suggestions, they could still implement. It may be too late for the players that have already bought it, but it might present some opportunity for some new players. And it also presents some opportunity to patch the ending of this game because oh. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to tell you right now, for those of you that are listening, mm. we're going to discuss the end of the game. We will we will continuously 
remind you that this is spoiler material until we're until we're done. So I would say give us about two minutes, two to three minutes. We'll we'll monitor the time on it, but um, if you want to skip past it, but we're gonna discuss the end of the game. I would suggest not not skipping over this part because if you're like me and you're playing this game, I, I would I'm I'm gonna tell you some pertinent information. Yeah, because it honestly might. Save you some time. Yes. So, spoiler alert. So, there there are two ways to play this game. There's open exploration where you just go across the map. You do whatever you want. That's how I recommend you play this game. There's another way to play it. It's called the Atlas Path. The game designates a certain number of waypoints, basically giving you an end game for you to get to the center of the universe. Spoiler alert. Once you get to the center of the universe, (laughs) the game resets and wipes everything everything out and puts you in a different part of the universe (laughs) it's like it's like growing up and going to school and then going to college and then you know you graduate and then they punch you in the face and you're back in kindergarten (laughs) (laughs) that's a very good way to look at it. it i can't imagine because I, again, how did I tell people to play it? Just go out and explore. Yeah. Just don't go, worry. Don't worry about spoiler. Right, there's you know, no in-game. Again, just, this is still spoiler stuff, but yeah. don't worry about the in-game path it, it, because I don't think that that's how the game should be played. Well, apparently Hello Games agrees with me because they're punishing people. I cannot tell you because you're like me as an Animal Crossing player myself. Mm-hmm. You want to collect and you want to you spreadsheet some of this stuff. I mean yeah. you, you wanna you want to organize what you do because you want to catalog your accomplishments. If the game, if a game that I had sunk all this time into said, Well, here you go, you're done, bye bye, and then started you over, at least Pokemon, when you beat the Elite Four gives you a certificate and shows you the Pokemon that you used to beat the game. Even if they held up a certificate or they had a printout that that said, here's what you found, congratulations, listed all the plants, animals, and planets you found, and then reset it, and at least you can go back and look at it and screenshot it. Or how about this, Hello Games? You, you reach the center of the universe and it goes, congratulations, you've reached the center of the universe. Here, we're unlocking all the features of the game that we had talked about. Surprise! <laughs> and then here's the rest of the game. Oh, man. Could you... But look, let me tell you something. If I reached the center of the universe and all of a sudden I turned around and it was all these other players who had gotten there as well and I was just in this giant lobby of people... It's the ending of Lost. <laughs> but spo- Spoiler alert, man! Hey, that's that's several years removed. So, there, there is yeah. a, there is a, a, a statute of limitations on that. You don't know what I'm talking about. Spoiler alert. No, get... Lost is similar to No Man's Sky. It's about oh, yeah. um, exploring planets. Yeah. So, uh, it shows you how much you know about the show. Well, spoiler alert, again, when you get to the center of the universe, uh, Kylo Ren is waiting for you. And before you can stop him, he kills his father, Han Solo. So, Jesus yeah. Christ. Again, look, man, he sings a Rihanna song. <laughs> Dumbledore gay. <laughs> Yeah, Dumbledore's gay too. But that wasn't the story, so technically that wasn't a spoiler alert. Well, sp- well, J.K. J.K. Rowling said. Yeah, but it, I mean, gay. It was, 
Well, yeah, but I mean, it was it wouldn't be a spoiler mm-hmm. because it didn't like it wasn't pertinent to the story. Oh, a spoiler would be that Snape killed Dumbledore. Oh, oh my God! Spoiler! Oh, oh man! Oh. Okay, we're we gonna call this episode spoiler alert. Yes, <laughs> no man spoilers. Um, I, th- I think we're done with the spoilers as of right now. I think people are people yeah. are safe. I hope. I hope, man. I hope no one's at work just listening to this, having a good time, and, and just hears Dumbledore gay blaring <laughs> through their speakers. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I mean, hey, look, we all love Dumbledore around here. He was. Ian, Ian McKellen's a great actor. He did kind of just toy with Harry a little bit too much. He could have just told Harry from the beginning what he. The next seven years were going to be really rough on him. Nothing. Nothing about the fact that I just called Dumbledore Ian McKellen. No, I I, I, I passed over it <laughs> because... You shall not pass. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. He was so good in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, somebody's going to have a brain hemorrhage listening to this episode. <laughs> um, it, it just... Man... Anyone playing No Man's Sky, and if you've gone through the ending, God bless you. Because 90% of the people that have returned it have probably played through the story mode and then did that. I'm just, again, I'm not advocating whether you do or you don't buy the game. I'm just saying that whereas you feel that you, you could be on the cusp of returning it, I think... You know what? I, I'm still playing it. I'm still enjoying it. I could still, I could still tell people, you know, you you could get this. You, you could play, you can play this game. And I feel like there there might be opportunity for them to release some updates to this that would bring people back. That would say, okay, you know what we've done? We've allowed you to. We've we've got multi um, seat ships where you can meet up with people, and then you can, if you're the captain of the ship. You can go and, and you guys can, can name. Everybody can put in a name, and then there could be a vote for who has the best name for a planet. You know, I'd love that. I'd love to get in a party with a couple a couple of people and fly around, and then everybody have a voting session of who has the best name for this planet. You know, and I think it's, and I was thinking about it the other night, you know, because we talked about the the problems with the gaming industry and why they are, it's one of those really contentious topics that, we, we mentioned that, you know, we thought Nintendo would be bad. If we ever talk about our qualms with the gaming industry, we'll have to have some kind of ref or something with us. But I thought about what, what what's missing. Um, and it's because of the fact that uh, a lot of movies and television stuff these days, uh, streaming services, we've lost our blockbuster videos and uh, shout out to any Lake Arthur people, those uh, family videos, which actually is still open, so they're still all right. But you can't rent games anymore. No. And that's how we used to find out if we liked a game or not yep. enough to buy it. And that's I, it's, I feel like if we had that ability to test out games for a very small price, I'm not talking about demos and crap like that. I'm talking about I want to play the full game, for as long as I want, but for a day Seth, or two, and then pay a couple dollars here and there. There's Gamefly, the Netflix. Uh, that's true. 
And and I thought about that. I was like, there's Gamefly, and then there's your Red Boxes also have video mm-hmm. games on occasion. But they're for for whatever reason, they're not marketed enough. No, I don't know why. Um, there's probably could be some research into that, but maybe it's it, it's kind of like it needs to be as old school as possible, where somebody can go to a store. And go, No Man's Sky, I've heard a lot about this, don't know if I want to buy it, yeah. let me play it for a little while. And I think that that would really change the way that the gaming industry would do their games. Because, first of all, it's not like they, they can't stop anybody from doing that. Somebody yeah. can definitely open up a business and start doing that again. But it would definitely, you know, stop a lot of people from just automatically going well i think the game's gonna look good i'll go ahead and buy it day one or pre-ordered or whatever with you know without just going okay it's out i'll go play it for a little while it's something to think about because lord i mean you know we we grew up at the same time (laughs) i rented games all the time Uh, nothing was more depressing than going for the game that you wanted and then they had the demo like the box in front of it and there were none left. Oh, for for me, like uh, like I know, because it was it took a while because I grew up in a small town. You grew up here in, in Lafayette. Um, that I believe Blockbuster like had the games maybe behind the 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 box or something. Yeah, it would be stacked. Um, we had in a smaller town, all of their stuff was behind the counter, and they just had the things up there. So the only way you knew it was out is they would they would paperclip a little little sign on it that said out and god there was nothing more demoralizing than finding your game and seeing a little out thing on it it was just Man, like, oh. that's depressing yeah well there's always hollywood video is hollywood video still no up? no it's buybacks now it, it went from We're still going to buy stuff rent video it went from rent videos to sell us back your old, your old ones which Steam and Sony are doing with copies of No Man's Sky. I remember when you were still working in television, you did a story about one of the last blockbusters in Louisiana. <laughs> like a month later, it closed. Yeah, it was. I was looking. So sad. Look at this icon of a day gone by. I it, people are just praying that it it lasts, and the fact that it was privately owned and. Yeah, it was and it was a very good story you it, did on it. it. I, I was very passionate about it because that was my you know I grew up absolutely. Like, and that meant something. It's kind of like, you know, um, I like to bra- I mean, I like to brag about the fact that Lafayette has one of the last existing Popeyes buffets. For anybody around here that doesn't know that, you do now. And for anybody yeah. listening outside of this area or the state, we have a Popeyes chicken buffet. Yeah, you know. So it's one of the last ones in the country, I believe. Yeah, it is. So you can pay $7 and eat as much chicken as you want, or you could pay $60 and visit as many planets as you want. Uh, They will both do the same things to your health. (laughs) God. Um, One's a much more gleeful death, though. um, And again, I've sold a lot of people on this game. I've... I've told you the problems that I see with it, but at the end of the day, I still pop it in. I'll leave you on this on this thought. I, you know, I made the quip earlier that Steam and Sony are actually taking ref- are issuing out refunds. They're 
allowing people to return the game. A digital game allowed to be returned is That's a big deal. Huge, especially for Sony. Yeah. Sony is, even if they're listening, they're terrible at customer service. Yeah. Like, they don't give a damn. Yeah. And even they're like, okay, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll refund it. Um, this is a game that I look at, and I saw this phrased like this, and it's, it's a perfect way. This, it's more of a hobby than a game. This is a game that if you want to take a break, if you're playing something and you've been going at it for eight hours and you're tired of it or you've had a rough day, if you want a vacation game, No Man's Sky is it. It is a very good way to feel like I'm not pressured to do anything. I'm just going to go fly around for a little bit and I'm going to go explore. It's very cathartic in that sense. And I feel like if people approached it in that sense, they may not be as angry towards it as some people seem to be. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. It's, it's it, like if the game already suits your, your um, mentality and already, you know, suits your needs, then yeah, it, it's just that game you, that you can turn your brain off and play and you don't really have to think about anything. So it's, it has that positive aspect. But like you said, I think if they add those if they end up supporting it and adding that stuff that people want, I think it'll just it'll prolong the the success of the game, and br- I mean it'll it'll bring back all those other players that ha- that have their their beef with it. It could be one thing. It you know there are so many games that add one thing, just one difference, and it it completely changes how the game plays and it changes a whole like if you have a big pie chart and it's divided up into five different groups of people the, the, the people like it needs to have this 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 or this if, if you change that one thing you're at least bringing back a whole section of your demo perfect example is the halo series with its forge mode that they allowed people they, get, they had all the elements in the game. They said, okay, we'll let you build your own stuff. We'll let you build your own maps. I just saw the other day that somebody actually built a Halo ring map that you can play in in Halo 5. They have beer pong. They have Quidditch matches. They have all of these different things that you can do in Halo 5. and People are loving them, and it's because they've been given the tools. And so I think that if, if Hello Games just gives people a little bit, even if it's I'm gonna I'm gonna land on this planet and I'm not gonna go anywhere. I'm gonna take the resources and I'm gonna build. I'm gonna deconstruct and I actually want to transform this planet and make it my own. So when somebody visits it, it's almost like The Sims. Imagine like a global Sims simulator. That okay? Instead of mapping out the universe, I'm gonna stay in this one galaxy or this one star system and I'm gonna build up these planets. So if somebody's gonna come and visit, then they have they can come and check it out. I mean, be, imagine being able to fly around and visit your favorite locales, and you know that's what Minecraft does. Yeah. People are recreating the entire Game of Thrones map. Yeah, in, so are in building Minecraft. any city that you know? Just they're recreating these fantasy cities from just about anything. And you know what? If people complain that, oh my God, you've just recreated Minecraft. Well, Minecraft doesn't allow you to get in the ship and fly around and go to different planets. You know, it just. They're, they've got to do something. I, I th- I'm fine with it, but there are a lot of people that aren't. Yeah, and that's that, that's that's the best way to put it. Yep. You you do have 
I don't want to say a small demo, but you have a demo that is perfectly fine with the game, but you got 90% yeah. that aren't. Yeah. Well, we hope 90% of the audience is happy with this episode. <laughs> that about wraps it up for Alex Explains It All. This has been Console Me. It's been a good episode. Um, I, I believe so. Well, we should be back on schedule giving you more of the things that you want to hear and that, and that you want us to talk about. So until next time, this has been Alex. That's been Producer Seth. We'll see you next time, folks. Good night. Good night.